Well, good morning, church. It is so great to see each and every one of you here today to be able to worship together in the house of the Lord. And again, I'm just so blessed to be back with our church family. It's been a while for me, and I just want to share a little bit of what's been going on in my world here because I feel like it's important for you as a church to know that part of the reason you didn't see me for most of August was we were on uh, doing some, trying to do some vacation things. But in the midst of that, uh, we ended up... Um, having a car uh, accident where somebody rear-ended our car. And uh, the challenge for me is that I have been dealing with some concussion stuff, and so it has kept me from being able to fully minister the way that I feel like God wants me to, to be able to focus for preaching. I've been having trouble with my memory, uh, with all of those things. So I want to let you know what's going on and encourage you as we're in this season of prayer, this 21 days of prayer, that you would continue to lift up my wife, my family, and I, that God would just uh, fully heal me so that I could get back to being able to do what he's called me to do, and that is to be more involved in what we're doing. But I want to say I'm so very thankful that in the season for the great team that we have of pastors and leaders that are stepping up to the plate, doing a great job, bringing the word each week. Haven't, haven't they done a great job doing that? I think they deserve a, a hand, a round of applause there. And I want to encourage you to keep focusing and pushing into God during this season, because at the end of our 21 days of prayer, we are going to have some prayer gatherings both online and in person that we're going to let you know here in the next week or so of what, how that's going to look, what we're going to be doing with it. It is going to be awesome. But who here knows that as well, it's really great to have good friends in ministry. Uh, when I shared with uh, the gentleman that's going to come and minister to you today, Pastor Ed Allen from Daystar Church in Leduc, Alberta, uh, I said, Ed, I've been having uh, uh, some health issues here. Uh, I can't minister. Would you be able to come and preach in my church? And he has a thriving church. Even in the midst of COVID, uh, they're seeing their church exploding uh, with gro growth. It's a community that's probably, you know, five, 600 uh, people. I'm probably being shy on that. He'll correct me if I'm wrong here. But I said, could you come and help me? And he said, I'll be there for you. And he showed up this Sunday to come and minister God's word to you, as well as share some prophetic insights. So would you give a warm welcome both online and in-house to Pastor Ed Allen from Daystar and Leduc, my friend and a great leader. Thank you so much, Pastor Todd. Don't you just love your pastor? Pastors Todd and Jan, just tremendous, compassionate ministers of Jesus Christ. It's so obvious that God has called them to lead this house and in such a time as this. And my, what a time we are having as the people of God during a worldwide present distress in the entire world. And how many know that your faith has perhaps been a little tested during this time? I know that mine has. And certainly I know that many leaders around the world and pastors around the world are struggling to ensure that the people of God are gathering and receiving the important word of God. How many love the Bible today? Amen. The Bible is one of the greatest gifts that the Lord has given to us. It's our inheritance. It's the most beautiful book that has ever been written, that love letter from the Lord Jesus Christ to his people. And how many just love the Lord today? You know, we have the kindest Savior, the most powerful King in the universe that beautiful Holy Spirit that he has sent us to come alongside of us and help us. And how many know that 
the Lord will never, never, never leave you nor forsake you. That we have such a faithful God. And we have the most important message the world needs to hear right now. It is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is quite the message, is it not? Because it redeems and it changes and transforms the lives of the hungry and the thirsty. And so how many are hungry to know Jesus a little bit more today? How many are thirsty for the presence of the Holy Spirit to run in the deep of the core of their spirit today? I want to tell you, I live for the presence of God, and I felt the presence of God in this house today. I want to tell you, if you're a guest in this church, I don't think you have to search any longer for a great house of God. This is the kind of church that you want to attend. As a matter of fact, if I moved to this neighborhood, I think I would want to come and be part of this church family, that I would want my pastors to be Todd and Jan and, and Michael and the team that is here. You know, God is calling us to gather into his presence. And I want to say something. There's a lot of essential services in the world that we are blessed by. There is the medical establishment, and thank God for that essential service. I thank God for law enforcement and, and the essential service there and the essential service of business and groceries and farmers. And I'm in a farming community, and so, you know, we love our farmers. I love Alberta beef. I'm an Alberta boy, and have been raised in Alberta, and I love my, my cow. I got to have my cow, medium rare. And so I want to tell you, it's essential. These services are essential. But the most essential service in all of the universe is the local church. It is a sacred gathering of God's people. And so I encourage you to make your way to the house of God with a mask and However you want to come and just come as you are and allow the Lord to minister to you. Well, this morning, I believe it's very critical and important that the people of God are fed the word of the Lord each and every Sunday. So I want you to turn with me to uh, Psalms 143, please. Psalms 143. And I have a message for you this morning called, Cause Me to Hear Your Voice. Cause Me to Hear Your Voice your voice. That's Psalms 143. This is a psalm of David that I have been living in for some weeks now and praying over my life. And I understand you're going into 21 days of prayer. And so I encourage you to prep yourself and even pray the psalms over your life. And so let's read this together in its entirety. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear to my supplications. In your faithfulness, answer me, and in your righteousness, do not enter into judgment with your servant. For in your sight, no one living is righteous. For the enemy has persecuted my soul. He has crushed my life to the ground. He has made me dwell in darkness. How many know there's spiritual warfare in life? How many know things happen? Like those who have been long dead. Verse 4, therefore my spirit is overwhelmed within me. My heart within me is distressed. I remember the days of old. I meditate on all your works. I muse. That word means to meditate on the work of your hands. I spread out my hands to you. My soul longs for you like a thirsty land. Selah. Verse 7. Answer me speedily, O Lord. My spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me, lest I be like those who go down into the pit. Cause me 
to hear your loving kindness in the morning. For in you do I trust. Cause me to know the way in which I should walk. For I lift up my soul to you. Deliver me, O Lord, from my enemies. In you I take shelter. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Your spirit is good. I want you to say this with me today. God is good. Let's say it again. God is good. Your spirit is good. Lead me in the land of uprightness. Revive me, O Lord, for your name's sake, for your righteousness' sake. Bring my soul out of trouble. In your mercy, cut off my enemies and destroy all of those who afflict my soul, for I am your servant. Message Bible puts verses 7 and 10 this way. If you wake me each morning with the sound of your loving voice, I'll go to sleep each night trusting in you. Point out the road I must travel. I'm all ears and all eyes before you. Save me from my enemies. God, you're my only hope. Teach me how to live to please you. Cause, because you're my God. And lead me by your blessed spirit and declared and level pasture land. I want to tell you that hearing the voice is the great honor and privilege of every believer today. But sometimes things get into the way, the cares of this life, the present distress that we're experiencing today due to COVID and all these restrictions and so on. Sometimes single moms are busy raising children and they can become distracted and men have demands upon them to build business and run, run jobs and run homes and so on. But I want to tell you that we can discipline ourselves and our hearts to hear the voice of God. And God can give you direction. God can lead you. And God can take you into a place that you've never been taken before because you hear his voice. How many know that you can hear the voice of God and that you're called to that privilege today? And I'm here to tell you how you can do that today. C.S. Lewis, one of the most brilliant um, followers of Jesus Christ in his generation, said this, I pray because I can't help myself. I pray because I'm helpless. I pray because the need flows out of me all of the time. Waking and sleeping, it doesn't change God. It changes me. And I want to tell you, we need to be so dependent on the Lord in this hour. Hungry for him, calling out on his name in the morning and in the night. And as we do, he will open up our ears and he will begin to direct our steps. And he will take us into a future that we have never known before. I want to tell you that your future is unfolding before you right now. But I am going to tell you that as you seek the Lord and as you're calling on the name of Jesus and as you look to the word of God, you will get a revelation that will reveal where God wants you to go next and what he wants you to do next. I mean, your, your destiny is unfolding whether you pray or not. But I want to tell you, if you pray and you seek God and you get to know him, he is the the most awesome shepherd that can lead you onto level ground and lead you into peace and lead you into life everlasting and lead you into healthy relationship and lead you into business and lead you into whatever ministry that you're called to fulfill and know your purpose in life. One of the greatest things about being a Christian is knowing God and knowing that you're going to heaven when you pass from this earth because the earth is passing away, the world is passing away and the lust thereof 
But I want to tell you, you're going to be with Jesus for all of eternity. But in this life, in this life, there is an inheritance that you and I are called to. There is a blessing. There is a life that God wants us to live in where we are fulfilled and we see the fruitfulness of God in our lives. And so, if we truly want to know the voice of God and hear from him, we must be a people hungry to meet with Jesus Christ in prayer. And we pray to get to know God, but also to hear from him. Prayer unlocks your future. Prayer unlocks your destiny. Psalms, or pardon me, Job 33, verses 14 to 17. How many know Job was a blessed man? But then there was a situation that unfolded, a spiritual warfare that came upon his life that he didn't understand because he didn't have the book of Job to refer to because he was the guy that was being written about in the moment. And so he had a very um, destructive thing that happened to him. As you know, he lost his family in an instant. He lost his business. And then he lost his health. And how many know how important your health is? When you lose your health, it doesn't matter how much money you have and you can't get it back. I mean, that is a troubling scenario. But when it comes to knowing God and coming to hear his voice, one of his friends said this to him, for God speaks again and again. Though people do not recognize it, he speaks in dreams, in visions of the night, and when deep sleep falls on people as they lie in their beds, he whispers in their ears and terrifies them with warnings. He makes them turn from doing wrong. He keeps them from pride. How many know that just because you're asleep, your spirit isn't sleeping? Your recreated spirit and your new nature in Jesus Christ is alive to the whispers of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes that Holy Spirit is working some things out in us, isn't he? He is speaking to us. He is warning us. He is dealing with us. He might be dealing with some pride. He might be dealing with some independence on our part. He might be dealing with some relational discord in our life. And he wants to help us. He wants to deal with us. And he wants us to hear his voice. But sometimes we don't recognize it. But it doesn't mean that God isn't speaking. Interesting, isn't it? Psalms 46 and 10 says this, Be still and know that I am God. There is a lot of noise. There's a lot of chatter. There's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of anger. There's a lot of division in the world today. But if we can just go away from all of that and find ourselves in the secret place and turn off the noise and still ourselves, I guarantee you, you'll begin to hear the whisper of your heavenly father. I love Charles Stanley, the great Southern Baptist preacher. He says this, God's voice is still and quiet and easily buried under an avalanche of clamor. And so I encourage you, find a place in your life each and every morning, each and every evening, where you can take 10 and 15 minutes and just say, Father God, I want to still myself in your presence. Lord, I love your presence. What do you have to say to me today? And as you do that, your Father will begin to speak. You may take his word. You may pray a 
psalm like this over your life that is parallel to your present circumstances, and then God will begin to resonate in your heart in a powerful way. Voice recognition. Don't you love the technology today? I love voice recognition. I mean, we have all of these gadgets. We have smartphones. We have smart TVs. We have gadgets from Google that we can put in our houses that recognize our voice, and we can give them commands. And as we give them commands, there's this exchange of information that goes back and forth, and I can say, Google, turn the lights on, and the lights come on. Google, turn on the gas fireplace, and the gas fireplace comes on. I mean, it's amazing, the technology. But when it comes to prayer and hearing the voice of God, it's so much different because hearing from God takes time to develop and recognize. One of the great questions that I have as a young believer is, how can I tell the difference between my voice, my inner soul, my inner spirit, and the voice of the Holy Spirit, the voice of God? And even sometimes, you know, how do I know I'm not hearing from the devil instead of God? You know, so voice recognition is really powerful and it's important. I want to give you another verse this morning. Isaiah 30, verse 20 and verse 2. Though the, Lord, though the Lord gave you adversity for food and suffering for drink, he will still be with you to teach you. You will see your teacher with your own eyes, and your own ears will hear him. Right behind you, a voice will say, this is the way you should go, whether to the right or to the left. We are talking about the voice of God today. We are talking about prayer today. We were talking about voice recognition, recognizing the voice of God. And so we need to learn how to discern the difference and how can we com confidently know that difference. I want to give you some points here this morning. First of all, when it comes to your voice or the human spirit or the human soul, number one, you and I have a voice of conscience. God has put a moral alarm system in our, in our thinking to teach us right from wrong and to steer us away from danger and so on and so forth. So we need to recognize that God has given us that. It's built into our human thinking for most people, unless you sear that conscience, unless you refuse to listen to it. Because if you do, then your conscience will be dullened. And um, you can be taken to places that you shouldn't go to. Secondarily, there is distortion within the human soul. And what I mean by this is sometimes people make the mistake of thinking the Holy Spirit is telling them to do something, but actually it's their own soul telling them to do it. And what do I mean by that? Sometimes people are distorted in their hearing from God because they are very anxious or they're very fearful or they're very depressed or they're very confused or even very offended about something. How many have ever been offended before in your life? Okay, you know, all of us have been. Amen? And with that offense, I am going to guarantee you came some feelings that probably were um, associated with anger and hurt, um, and you maybe had to get over some things. And so what happens in these kinds of circumstances is sometimes Christians can become offended over certain things, whatever that thing may be. And then sometimes they'll say, the Lord has told me. 
when actually it's not the Lord that has told them. It's their hurt that has told them. It is their offense that has told them. It is the disagreement and the unresolved relational problem that has told them. And so we all have to deal with that. And we have to deal with ourselves. And we have to employ Matthew 18 at times. And, and learn how to be peacemakers with one another. And, and deal with these things. So my only point here is that don't mistake what's going on in your own soul with the voice of the Holy Spirit. Because they are two different voices. And so learn how to tell the difference between those two things. Number three, there's the voice of the natural man. I have scripture references for you that you'll have to look up on your own. First, First Corinthians chapter 2 and verses 9 to 16, which in essence talks about the Holy Spirit in your life, living out in your new, you're living out in your new nature and your new spirit that's been born again and learning to renew your mind with the word of God and compare spiritual things with spiritual and to recognize that you are both a natural man and a spiritual man. And the Bible says in Philippians chapter 2 that we have the mind of Christ. And so we have to learn how to say things like, what would Jesus do and what would Jesus think in this particular situation in my life? How would he handle this? And so, again, we're talking about really the human voice here, but we are called to live in the reality of our new nature as a new man in Christ. And so learn to develop the voice of God and distinguish the difference between your own spirit, your human spirit, and what God is trying to tell you in your new life as a Christian. Now, discerning the voice of God itself. What does God's voice sound like? Pardon me. First of all, God's voice is a king's voice. It's an authoritative voice. It's a powerful voice. Secondarily, it is a compassionate voice. It is the voice of a father. When you hear the father speaking to you, it's very distinct. You know, as fathers, we have a sense of protection that we communicate to our children and our wives. Amen? We have a sense of, of care and wisdom that God gives us as fathers. Thirdly, um, you may remember the account of Elijah in the cave in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 12. That still small voice, that still small voice of the Lord that he heard in the cave. It wasn't in the clamor of the earthquake, in the whirlwind, and in the fire. It was a whisper that was going on on the inside of him. Number four, the voice of God is a voice of grace and truth. In the Gospel of John, John chapter uh, 1, verse 17, Jesus was known as a man that was full of grace and full of truth. He wasn't legalistic. He wasn't harsh to people that were seeking him and wanted to know truth. He was gracious, he was merciful, and he was compassionate. And then there's a ministry voice within Christ's church. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12, Acts 13, verses 1 to 4. I want to tell you that this is a great church because it's a five-fold ministry church. Believes in apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. 
apostles or fathers in the faith, Pastor Ron Leach and Karen, you know, mothers and fathers in the house of God, they've laid foundation, the curriculum of the Lord, the great doctrines of Scripture. They've spoken into lives. They've shepherd, shepherded your lives over the years. And so we need men and women of God around us. And God speaks through men and women of God. There's prophets that point the direction and encourage the church, equip the church, leave an impartation and an inspiration and a direction for the, for the people of God. And then there's that voice of prophetic inspiration that comes directly from Scripture. 2 Timothy 3.16, all Scripture is inspired of God. This Bible is amazing. It was breathed out into existence. Men of God were penning the Word of God, but they were the, under the inspiration, the very breath of the Holy Spirit, and they wrote the Scriptures so you and I can enjoy the edification and the comfort and the strength that the Scriptures give. I love the Word of God. I feed on it each and every day. I can't go one or two days without reading the Word of God or I start to get a little agitated in my spirits. I need to hear the Word of God preached because the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. Your spirit comes alive. Why? Because God is breathing on you as you're hearing the Word of God being preached. I have to hear preaching every week, two or three sermons a week. And if I get bored, I'll call Pastor Todd and I'll say, Todd, preach to me, say something to me, encourage me, lift me up. How many know that the Word of God is supernatural? It's power and it's prophetic. It lifts us out of our circumstances. Next point, God's voice is glorious. There's awe in the voice of God. There's glory in the presence of God. Man, when I first got saved, I wasn't raised in the church. And I heard the voice of God. I fell to my knees. The presence of God just came whoosh, down upon me. And I wanted to crawl under my coffee table because of the holiness of God that I experienced. He was so holy, so powerful, so awesome. Isaiah 30 and 30 says this, the Lord will cause his glorious voice to be heard. That's what David says, cause me to hear your loving kindness. That word is hesed in the Hebrew. It means that I want to be so close to you. It means womb love, like a mother carrying a child in her belly. And she can feel the very heartbeat and the kick of her own child. That's how close God wants to get to you and he wants to speak promises into your life. He wants to speak life into your world and into your personal life and see you blessed. But I think probably the most important quality of God's voice is this, is that it is redemptive. God is looking to redeem the unredeemable. He wants to take the sin-cursed person, person that is brokenhearted, person that is spiritually bankrupt, and call them into the house of God to experience his anointing. For he said, the Spirit of God is upon me to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to set the captive free, and to preach liberty. I want to tell you that this gospel, this voice of God, is filled with, with redemption, filled with transforming power. And how many know that it's true? 
How many have been redeemed out of unredeemable situation and seen the miraculous hand of God come to pass in their lives? Well, glory to God. I want to close out this message here this morning with just some filters for us to look to concerning adjusting our ears to the voice of God. Now, you might be an expert at a couple of these already, but I want to share these um, filters with you. Number one, the scriptural filter is the Bible. The more that you know the Bible, the Holy Spirit can actually lead you into more and more truth, a greater reality, a greater sense of knowing Him. And I want you to know something. The Holy Spirit will never violate the truth of God's Word. The two agree. They agree. They come into alignment. So when I hear Christians saying, the Lord has led me to do this, or the Lord has led me to do that, you know, my, my shepherd's ears cocked forward like a German shepherd, because I've got a little German blood in me. I'll just say that. They, they go forward like this, like a German shepherd looking after sheep. And, and I will say, you know, the Holy Spirit told you that. Are you sure the Holy Spirit told you that? And I go, well, how did the Holy Spirit tell you that? Well, they said, you know, I went to the Word of God. And I go, well, where in the Word of God does it say that you need to be doing this? And then sometimes they can't quote the Scripture to me. And usually you find out there might be another reason behind what they're saying. But anyway, I'm going to get off that track. But it is a very critical thing as Christians that we know the Word of God. And when we know the Word of God and we believe it and we pull it deep down into our spirit, I am telling you there's not a demon in hell that can deceive you. Because you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. It will make you free. And you will be filled with peace and liberty. Number two, there's the good shepherd filter. God is good. Now everything that happens to us is not good. Life is hard, but God is good. As much as he is love, he is also good. He is kind. He is gracious. And in John 10, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, and the sheep hear my voice. They know my voice. Psalms 23, pray that over your life. I want to tell you, if your cup isn't full, just hold up the cup of your salvation this morning. And let the Holy Spirit fill it to the full, till it's overflowing. I want to tell you, you might be going through a tough battle in your life. You might be suffering um, in your spirit, in your soul. You might be suffering in your body. But I want to tell you, if you lift up the cup of your salvation like David did, he, the Holy Spirit, the Good Shepherd will pour in some living waters and times of refreshing to get you through to the next season in your life. Number three, there is the peace filter. I want to tell you right now, obedience releases peace into your life. There are built-in consequences for disobeying God, and there are built-in consequences and rewards for obeying the Lord. When we obey the Lord, there is a natural reward from heaven that just begins to be released. How many believe that this morning? You know it's true, I can tell. You got some pretty smart Christians in your church, Pastor Todd, I can tell. Isaiah 55 and 12 says this, you will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. And then there's the foresight filter. This is a question, really. 
What are the consequences if I obey this voice? And where will it lead me? You know, sometimes we get excited about something maybe God is saying, but we're not quite clear what it is. And then we get some confirmation. But you should always ask the question, if I follow through on this decision and believe that it is God telling me this, where is it going to take me? Where is it going to lead me? And then there's God's character filter. This is the really important quality of, of knowing God's nature and his attributes. I've kind of touched on it already. But is this voice consistent with his characteristics, with his nature, with his holiness, amen, with his love, with his kindness, with his integrity? Is this that something that God would approve of? Then there's God's wisdom filter. Is it wise and prudent, this voice that I'm listening to? Is it wise? Is it prudent? Is it trustworthy? And James 1, 5, and 6 says, If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God who will give liberally and freely to all of those who ask in faith, without doubting. God wants to give you wisdom. God will give you practicality, pragmatic understanding to equip you in every area of life. Now, this is the one, this next filter is really important, but it is tough for some Christians who are extremely independent. It's the accountability filter. You know, Tim Keller said this. He goes, everybody loves community until you talk about accountability. Then they run away from community. But how many know, like it says in the Word of God, that iron sharpens iron. If you don't have anybody challenging your thinking and your theology in life, and you're left to your own devices, you might get a little squirrely. You might get a little strange. You might get a little imbalanced in your thinking. And let me tell you, as human beings, we all have blind spots. How many drive a car here today? How many did some shoulder checking today? Or had a rear view camera to show them what was behind them? Unless you have somebody in your life that can speak into your life, some family, some trusted friends, some leaders, and the people that you trust most, you will damage your life. You will waste months, maybe even years, because you refuse to listen to other people, and, and their voices will line up with the voice that you're listening to if you're hearing from God for truth. Amen? I mean, I use this as a safeguard. I got some people in my, on my board, some other pastors that are pretty tough on me, and, it, and it's hard when the younger men and women of God are so much smarter than you, Pastor Todd. They go, have you ever thought about doing it this way, Pastor Ed? Because, you know, that's kind of old school and that's, you know, I'm not so sure about that. And they're not disrespectful. But, but you know, sometimes I think that honor, it just has to go up. But it also has to go down to the next generation. And then it has to go all around to your peers. Because we are just so, so much a better people when we're accountable to everybody. And the Bible says respect all men. Honor all people. Honor all men. When we live in that spirit of honor in the house of God, I am telling you, it is easy to be accountable to a people like that. Last word that I have for you, maybe the musicians can come at this time, is the timing filter. Is the word and the voice that's speaking to me for now or for the future? Is it for now 
or is it for the future? That's an important question for us to ask ourselves. I had some prophetic men speak over my life in March of 1991. And this prophetic man warned me and warned my wife, said, he's all excited now. He wants to go take on the world with the Bible. But I had a lot of processing to go through. And how many know that life is a process and that being a disciple of Jesus is a process? Jesus was a teacher. Out of all of the ministry efforts and exploits that he did, he taught the people more than anything else. And so it is my privilege today to share the word of God with you. Learn to hear the voice of God. Learn to be led by the Spirit of God. It is your right. It is your privilege as children of God. Pursue the unity of the house of God. Pursue the fellowship of the saints. Pursue the fellowship of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And know that God is with you as a church and as families and as individuals. And he's looking into your lives. And I believe that this is an hour in this church and in many churches around the world that miraculous salvations are going to take place. I believe that there will be people that once attended this house and have walked away for years that are going to begin to return to this house of God. People that you've been praying for, prodigals, don't give up. Sometimes backsliders and prodigals are one prayer away from coming back to the Lord and planting firmly in the house of God once again. How many have a loved one that they're praying for right now in their lives, believing God to turn things around? I am doing that in my own family. I want you to know that there was a man in my church just a year and a half ago. I baptized him. He actually put a gun to his head to commit suicide, and it had bullets in it. But he pulled the trigger, and it didn't go off. And he immediately cried out unto God in his apartment by himself, came to our church, got saved, got water baptized, and then he abandoned the church. But he's back in church. He's been back with us for the last six weeks. He is so filled with the love of God right now. Jesus Christ loves people. He loves, he's died for the human race, this messed up human race. And he wants to redeem. He wants to deliver. This morning, I just want to ask if there is anybody that's going through a particularly difficult season in their life and needs prayer today. If there is anybody at all, would you please stand to your feet? Just please stand to your feet. You might be going through a season of trial. Amen. Praise God. You know, I, I don't know what the rules are here. Are they allowed to come up here? Well, you know what? I'll just pray for you right where you are. But if you do want to come to the front, I'll put a mask on. And I'll pray over you. And that is your choice. I don't want to create any confusion or anything. But first of all, I'm going to pray right where you are. I want you to just lift your hands up unto the Lord as an act, a symbolic act of submission to Jesus. Not to me. I'm just a man. Just an instrument. Father, in the name of Jesus. We thank you that you're the great physician. Lord, we thank you that your hand is upon these folks here today. You know every circumstance. Some of them have had the 
bread of sorrow in their lives. Some of them have perhaps lost jobs and the money's running out. They're concerned about their finances. Lord, you can feed the fowl of the air, the sparrow of the air. You can take care of them. You tell us not to be worried about the next day because the next day will worry about itself. And so, Father, I speak peace. I declare healing. I declare restoration of relationships where maybe somebody's walked out on another person, broken covenant in marriage. I pray, Father, for physical healing right now. In the name of Jesus, I pray for Pastor Todd right now. Let's stretch our hands towards this pastor. Father, I speak to the neurological systems of his brain, central nervous system, and we pray come into alignment through the power of the Word of God. Father, we speak healing over this man, over Jan, over the family. Father, we, we speak life in Jesus' name. We speak healing over each and every person in here, spirit, soul, and body. We, we thank you that healing is the children's bread. We thank you, Lord, that you have redeemed us from sin and death. We thank you, Lord God, that any foreign, <clears throat> foreign entity in any body here today, that, that the people would be completely healed according to the Psalms 103 mandate. Father, we thank you for Psalms 91, that no plague shall come near our dwelling, nor evil come to our place, our home. Oh, Lord God, we thank you. Father, I pray for angels to be released into this place right now. Father, I speak provision over this house of God. I speak financial windfall. Let winds of prosperity flow through this house. Let winds of redemption flow through this house. Winds of miraculous salvation. Let there be a fresh release of anointing in this house. In Jesus' name I pray, let the word of God be sealed in us. Lord, give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church in this hour. In your name, Lord. Amen.